Ted. Witten! <laughs> I'm back. You're back, mate. You're back from your Fijian holiday. Bulla, everyone. Bulla, 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 bulla. Uh, I, I was I was thinking about intentionally starting tonight late just so I could say Fiji time, but uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't isn't think, that so gonna... true? Yeah, don't worry about it. It's Fiji time. It's Fiji time. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about a population that knows how to relax. I tell you, mate. I think um, I think we could all probably learn a bit a bit of. Uh, a bit of uh, one or two things from those guys, that's for sure. When it comes to taking it easy, absolutely. I was uh, I was doing my MBA in relaxation. I think. <laughs> well, mate, as always, those things are uh, are too short. Jeanette, how are you, mate? Happy long weekend. Yeah, we got another long weekend. Well, listen, you know, April. Well, sometimes potentially a bit frustrating. On the flip side of that coin, we've all got a little bit of extra downtime in in April, which is kind of nice. So, hopefully, we can all take advantage of that. Mate, um, I've got a little bit of rain here in Queensland. At any time Fenton mentions he's going to come to my place uh, in the Gold Coast, it starts raining. Literally started raining right now. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Literally every time, isn't it? I, I, mate, mate, I bring the rain. I yeah. bring the rain. In you all are the rain maker. You are the, the rain, rain maker, maker, mate. There you go. Well, I just um, can't believe it, mate, that I've just come back from Fiji and I still look whiter than you. Like, <laughs> how is that even possible? Mate, it's the lighting, mate. I've got my lighting sorted, you know, like <laughs> That's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna dial mine down to Bondi Grimes, I reckon. Make yourself I'm a little gonna, look a bit I'm, more uh, streamlined. Well, just, folks, uh, uh, while Andy's uh, trying to give himself a fake tan, um on, with the lighting and the camera. <laughs> uh Good to see you guys jumping on. There's a there's a bunch of you guys in there. And um, hey, g'day to Jeanette and Jeff. Uh, a few comments already. So give us a shout out. Who's uh, who's dialing in tonight? Great, be good to hear from you guys. And uh, thanks for joining us for another wealth, wine, and wisdom. Wealth, wine, and wisdom. We had a little bit of a break last week. You know, uh, Easter. Andy going to Fiji, having a little holiday. Um. And uh, we're back at it this week. There's been two. There's two weeks of stuff to cover, Andy. Plenty on. Plenty on. Afternoon, Alison. Uh, how are you going? So, quick shout out to the crew, Jeanette. Looking forward to a bit of a weekend, that's for sure. Um, Jeff is always here. Good to see you, Jeff. Yep, yep. <laughs> the old spicy cough's getting around, folks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Albert Sneezy. I love it. Oh, I love it. Let's, let's, not, let's not even start on politics because, gee, it was creepers. You can't even escape it over in, uh, in Fiji. Just how bad is it? Oh, don't even get me started. Uh, and Roz, Roz reckons you should head up to the sunny coast, mate. It's, uh, it's good for getting a tan up there. So maybe you'll take you up on that, Roz. Maybe. Well, uh, <laughs> you might regret that, Ros, because the last time I was up in the Sunshine Coast was about 15 years ago. I was up in Coolum. I was presenting uh, at a financial advisors conference, believe it or not. I was presenting about structured products and, uh, and and various different things, trying to teach them how to use it. And they had the biggest floods that they had seen in about 100 <laughs> years prior to that. Literally the whole dock was uh, underwater. We almost couldn't oh, we, the restaurant. We better track your movements, Fenton. Every time Fenton goes somewhere, he causes a flood. Well, there you go. When was the last time you were in Sydney, mate? There was floods uh, not so long ago. <laughs> well, mate, and then, the listen, funny- you were in Byron uh, only only a moment ago and that were flooded there too. I think we might be onto something here. <laughs> well, mate, I, I, I tell you what, I think maybe even the weather in Fiji has Fiji time because as we were leaving, 
uh, the power started going out in the airport multiple times because of torrential rain that was coming down. But as per Fiji time, it was late. So it missed it me. Late. I got out. I got out in time. Uh, that's hilarious. Well, uh, good to see a bunch of you guys on um, today. And um, there's plenty lined up, folks. But uh, as we do, Bob, how are you, mate? Good to see you on as well. You know, quick little sort of intros. You know, Andy and I and uh, you guys. A lot of you guys have joined us many times over the last two years for Wine and Wisdom, Wealth Wine and Wisdom, and, um, you know, started because, you know, business owners and investors, property investors and uh, equity investors alike certainly had some uncertainty in the marketplace, uh, and we thought we might uh, help you guys make make sense of that at the end of each week because we were certainly trying to make sense of it <laughs> ourselves, that's for sure, and, um, you know, we think uh, we think the, this conversation on a Friday, a bit more relaxed, a bit more casual, uh, with a glass of wine. Uh, you know, gives us uh, a chance to debrief the week. So, if anyone's new, um, Robert, um, saying hello, good to see you, Robert. Mate, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is what we do. Andy Fenton from the world of finance and banking, uh, over twenty years. Myself, Jason in the world of real estate and uh, we sort of try and interpret, you know, the bibs and bobs of what's going on uh, out there in the world of uh, the market. And uh, we do have a, a rough kind of idea of what we try to do um, each time. Each try. We, often there's plenty of stuff in the news, Andy, plenty of stuff in the news. And uh, we, <laughs> we, we like to make comment on that. Um, you know, sometimes it's um, – <laughs> It's a bit of fun. So sometimes it's uh, it it certainly winds you and me up. And uh, and uh, well, well, we're trying to make sense of that, folks. Um, certainly, we think uh, if you got any questions, we'd love you to shout them out. Fire them uh, through. Yeah, I think last we did a right out with the with the questions last time, didn't we? I think we answered most of them. We'll, we will yep. attempt to answer questions. That would be good. Uh, so chuck them in the chat now, so we know what's uh, what's their team. And um, Graham, good, good to see you, mate. And last but not least, sometimes there's some things we reckon you should know, uh, and that's kind of the rough, the very rough format of this evening's show. Um, but you know, we could start out with this: stocks got smashed today. Bob was in the market; things were yeah, happening. Well, Andy, <laughs> Bob should be a reporter. I reckon <laughs> you should you should work with the Fin Review with with headlines like that, mate. You'll make a fortune on uh, on the old clickbait. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> uh, there's, there's multiple reasons about that. Would you like to know why they got smashed today? Tell us, tell us, Andy. Well, I wouldn't want to spoil the surprise. So <laughs> mate, mate, maybe we'll go through some of the things that we've got lined up. I'm sure mate. that it's going to come up. I'm sure totally. Come up. Well, why don't you lob a few things over the fence, mate? Um, uh, kick things off for the crew. And uh, we can start to wax a bit lyrical. Stick with us, folks. We usually take about 45 minutes to 60 minutes to debrief the week and talk about what's been happening. And, um, you know, we'll take it from there. So, Andy, mate, what do you got for us? Mate, well, uh, first thing. You have to move uh, yourself, remember? You have to move yourself in your uh, (laughs) – yeah. That that works. That works. That works perfectly fine. Perfectly I fine. Just, yeah. I made my, my pip bigger. I just thought if I make mine bigger, <laughs> I'll draw a bit more attention. You're dominating me. You're dominating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just emphasizing my incredibly large melon and forehead. Uh, I found this one a, an interesting one, Jace, because uh, there, there is a lot going on in the world at the moment, huge mm. amount of stuff going on. Um, 
probably almost more than 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 I've ever seen. Uh, and so there's a lot of different dynamics at play. And this is one that I, I almost think it's it's kind of like you can't have your cake and eat it too. And this was almost pegged in a negative fashion. Uh, and basically what they're saying here is the latest decline in markets in five consecutive years uh, of falling Chinese investment in Australia. Basically saying China's not investing as much in Australia. Uh, Chinese investment in Australia plunges 70%. Um, uh, outside of uh, outside of uh, Bob's comment, uh, we're we're damn near record highs, uh, Bob, uh, in the Australian share market, and we'll get to the reason why it got smashed in a minute. Uh, but this, I actually see this as quite a good thing because it was only about five or six years ago where everyone was up in arms about China buying ports, buying strategic locations from a military perspective. Now, I just want to contextualise this article because, again, it's a bit clickbaity. Um, so, China was spending a lot of money getting arable land. It was getting a lot of uh, spending a lot of money taking major infrastructural assets like ports, um, airports, uh, seaports, and uh, these were considered to be trade, but they are also considered to be rather strategic assets. Uh, out in Australia, but you twist that a little bit, so they're not they're not interested in that as much anymore. Maybe, uh, well, who knows? I don't know what they think about. It. I haven't been chatting with them recently, but uh, but but ultimately, what they're talking about it, when they're talking about the seventy percent is is more around the infrastructural assets. So the yep. ports, right there, and, and if anything, they're probably divesting a little bit now. There's a lot of reasons why they'd be doing that uh, geopolitically, but also uh, in a broader financial markets term. So I actually see this as good. I think that the repatriation of some some of the larger uh, funds and some of the ports and things like that uh, being taken into either Australian hands or into what we consider to be um, diversified portfolio hands. Uh, and so a diversified portfolio hand would be uh, an example of something like uh, uh, we've got Partners Group Global, which is a large uh, private equity manager. Yeah. And they quite often pull investors' funds from like you and me, Jace, but we couldn't afford to buy the ports. Um, not yet. Uh, maybe one day in several hundred years. Uh, but buying the... Uh, we can get access to the returns of ports and major infrastructural assets by these private equity funds. So they're changing hands potentially from the uh, – there's a bit of feedback. Can you hear that on your end, Jace? Uh, there was a little bit there for a second, Andy, but maybe it's fixed itself now. Um, but um, maybe at your end. A quick hello to Kylie. Good good to, good to have you here, Kylie. Hello. Hey, Kylie. Um, I'll just pull pull it down on my side. Uh, Alison's well and truly in there. Uh, maybe yep, there's a bit yep. of a defence stance there, but um, but ultimately, totally. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense, Andy, right? Like you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, these things, you know, and and this is actually a similar conversation that um, you know, it's it's kind of like a a two edged sword here, um, you know, in the in the world of real estate, we have relied, unfortunately, whether you know. I, I think I think the government really didn't think it through. And uh, fancy that, Andy. Fancy that. <laughs> How could you say that, James? <laughs> news break. A politician jumped the gun. <laughs> breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, um, you know, the you know, for the world of real estate in Australia, you know, we had gotten used to um, 
you know, foreign money, overseas money, helping us bring new stock to market. And, um, you know, that, that actually provided a, a real estate production boom in sort of 2012, 13, 14, 15, which was quite good because we were actually, you know, a decade low. There was, there was a supply shortage. So the government thought they'd solved the problem. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, uh, you know, not thinking through it to begin with and then going, well, hang on, if we do have foreign ownership of our assets, you know, that's going to be a real problem for us long term, et cetera. So then they went the full other side is like, you know, everyone get out of town. We're going to charge you, you know, more than, than you should. And so there's there's literally very little, you know, it, it was the majority was uh, Chinese money and, and some some money from India in our our construction and development world. And, uh, you know, we're on the other side of this now, like the Australian marketplace uh, ha- doesn't have the, the resources, Andy. It doesn't have the, the giddy up to go for it, right? So, so, you know, how do we solve these problems? You know, and this is kind of like a bigger question too, like, you know, how do we solve those problems? You know, it has to be through the right legislation and, the, you know, the right investment partners into the future and how you structure that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's interesting to see. Attracting different types of investment, Jace. Like I've forgotten an article I read just recently about private equity. I, I might have even brought it in here, but uh, we're starting to get noticed in the private equity game again um, yep. or the venture capital game again. And um, So for those of you who don't know, uh, VC venture capital isn't Victor Charlie. It's uh, it's not a Vietnam thing. It is a, uh, it's a term for... Uh, VC venture capital uh, quite often. So whenever you hear VC these days, it, it's venture capital. And that goes, it's basically startup capital for businesses or that next level of startup. You might have a concept, yeah. an idea yeah. that you're able to monetize, then VC is the capital that people are willing to invest in your company to poof, throw it the roof. And in America, it's a massive game. In Australia, it's just, it's infantile. It's and- nowhere, right? It's nowhere. Our government, Our government is like just, they just don't see the vision. Well, like so, uh, riddle me this and see, uh, see viewers, uh, the wonderful people out there. If you can answer this, how many times do you think that the amount of workers in tech dwarf the amount of workers in mining and resources? So, how are you ask people, you ask in Australia, right? I'm I'm saying in Australia right now. How many more? So, for every one person in the mining sector, how many are operating in tech? Is it one for one, is it uh, half? So every one person. One to two. Is it one in two? Is it one in four? Well, like, what, what do you think that, that number Do is? the ratio. Say it in the chat, team. So, so Andy's saying, okay, how many pre- people in each of those industries has a ratio? Um, put it in the chat. What do you guys think? Because, I mean, you know, probably giving away the punchline here, Andy, but, you know, the idea that folks – the government's obsessed with things like mining and, and let's say, you know, housing. Um, but where is the growth businesses, the growth facts into the future? Adrian reckons one to five. Um, Bob's like point zero zero five. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's a bit pessimistic today. Yeah, Bob. But, well, he's a glass half full or glass half empty type of guy, Bob. You know? <laughs> no, good work. Five to one, five to one. Uh, John reckons five to one tech to mining. You know, uh, Andy, and I've got some things here to share a bit later on about how many jobs right now in Australia um, are, are up, but uh, what's the answer? 
Uh, it's a really good question. question he didn't have the bloody answer to. Oh, there you go. No, the, last, <laughs> the, the last, and the statistics vary depending on where you go because what's tech, what's what's small. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eight to one says Joel. Yep. More, more recently, for every one person employed in mining, there are four. Uh, oh, there you go. Tech of one sort, right? So <laughs> now Adrian was pretty close then. Adrian and John were pretty close. Yeah, wonderful, are, wonderful. Yep, there you yeah. go. And <laughs> so because you think about it now, tech is what is enabling uh, automatic uh, trucks on the road that kept the trucks on the road during COVID. That number yeah. is going to skyrocket. So doesn't it make sense, Jace, as 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 an industry, rather than giving subsidies and and um, and and the money to the mining industry and saving WA, the, the old Save WA fund, that, 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 <laughs> that's incredible. Well, they don't pay their, well, listen, hey, Western Australia is the only state um, in surplus in their, their, their state budget and, you know, in, in, in billions in surplus. But anyway, I'll talk about that a bit later on. But, you know, it makes sense, mate. You know, like it's, it's like, well, hang on, team, you know, how do we stimulate the economy? Mining is going to get its fair share anyway. It's going to get its fair share anyway. It's 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 there, you know. How do you um, get offshore money into Australia in the masses that produce productivity in Australia? We need so, more businesses. We need more entrepreneurs. We need we need stuff in this country, like it, because you know whether we like it or not, folks. You know, Australia needs another 10, more, 10 million more people. It it needs a population of thirty five to forty million. Like economically, that's what it needs um, to be. You know strong and not have to rely Andy on you know on just mining and farming for the rest of our lives like we like we have to be more than that as a as an economy a country you know um as as we roll along so you know it's an interesting conversation to have this one you know you and I are all about small to medium business owners they're the backbone of Australia's um you know economic wealth you know we do a lot of the heavy lifting we employ you know the most people um, and, um, you know, the, uh, the, the support for those people, uh, is actually quite low in comparison to, you know, the big mining giants, you know, to be honest. So, you know, they don't friggin' need that support, you know, um, the small to medium business owners need that sort of extra, you know, pick me up because we're, we're employing the most people crying out loud anyway <laughs> well, right, yeah. point. and paying the most amount of tax we we yep. pay more tax that as a as a group small to medium business pay more tax as a group than any other group in australia by a massive factor we pay Not if you work with andy fenton because he's a genius he'll sort of sort that right out but <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean if there were a few more around but unfortunately jace there's not as many of us around no no um and that's been sad, actually. You and I were talking about this before. I've got a little stat on this one. Um, you know, I might flick over to that just for just for a second on this. But um, you know, folks, uh, here's a, a little something interesting. Um, before, well, in in a minute, anyway. You know, median cost of financial advice, Andy, has risen in the last little while, and that's you know, prices have risen everywhere. Sadly, you know, that's pushed out. You know, a hundred thousand people not going ahead with financial advice but sadly your industry the the financial advice industry has been pummeled by a completely unfairly i believe you know because the 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 
you know, they'll they shall uh, remain nameless, ASIC. <laughs> um, <laughs> the likely litigates, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, oh, just ludicrous. Like they just want to manage like five big conglomerates rather than good quality boutique, you know, passionate humans who want to deliver great financial advice. It's sad. It's a sad state of affairs. And that's the true irony, Jace, uh, irony even, is that uh, they want to manage a few larger corporate institutions, but the reason why the Royal Banking Inquiry happened is when they were trying to manage a few large institutions that made up for close to 50% of the advice in Australia. Oh, it wasn't quite there. It was about 40. Yeah. Um, they, um, they, they, they used their vertical integration for you know, total profiteering uh, and putting shareholders' profits ahead of the advice clients. And so that's where this uh, legislation really came from, you know, taking money from people who are uh, deceased, taking money from people who, you know, don't have capacity, you know, horrible, horrible things that uh, it was done on mass, but were done on mass by majority by, uh, you know, the, the, the people who are no longer in the market anymore. So yeah. now we're stuck with the legislation and the legislation increase has been massive. It's driven people out. Uh, Jace, I've, I've had conversations with you about it where I've gone, if I didn't love it so much, there's no way in hell I'd do it because yeah. I, I know yeah. that I could run 10 different types of businesses and, uh, and make significantly more money with less headaches, less effort. Um, but ultimately, I love what I do in, in helping people and, um, and it's a matter of being able to see this BS through. But unfortunately, uh, you, know, it, you know, fees jumping, not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but the number of people getting advice, no, that's that's not a good thing at all. Because bit, ultimately, yeah. Jason had a had a conversation today, uh, just by the by, small to medium business owner, um, commercial property side of the equation. Literally, just rang completely out of the blue, and it's hard to find us because we don't make ourselves available. Uh, back of the envelope conversation, forty three thousand dollars worth of savings in the first year, and then every single year after that, plus 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 plus, and it's like. That, that's a 15-second conversation, well, a five-minute conversation that comes from it. Uh, you know, there are plenty of ways of being able to make people a lot of money and pay a lot less tax. Um, but ultimately, if you if you have less and less people in the industry, the costs are going to rise pure, purely based on the compliance that's put on you uh, by by the powers that be, unfortunately. Well, well, well mate, you know, you know, 60 to 80% of the costs increasing is because of the compliance compliance the over compliance not just general market you know service industry um increases because stuff goes up right so you know and and you know you and i have talked about this numerous times i think it's sad i think it's actually disastrous for 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 the majority of australians um and the government doesn't particularly care that's why, folks, that you need to listen to people like me and Andy about this stuff. You've got to take control of your own destiny and uh, we can help facilitate that in one way, shape or form. Um, and uh, just, and I, I had this chat the other day, Andy. I sort of said to people, all right, you know, tell me in, in 30 years' time, what type of wealth do you want to sort of retire on? And people are going, you know, $3 million, $5 million, $10 million worth of value you know, 100000 dollars $300,000 worth of income. And I'm like, all right, well, tell me this. Andy, would you be happy to invest $5,000 a year, $10,000 a year, right? Let's say, uh, let's do that over 20 years. Two, uh, 
Andy, invest over 20 years, $200,000, and you will end up with a $5 million portfolio that's going to create you $200,000 a year tax-free or, you know, you and I have chatted about the- Mate, I've spent know, the, more on my education. Yeah, and, and, and people go, oh, when you put it like that, it makes sense. And it's like, well, yeah, that's how it works. Like, you know, it's like, what are you asking for? You're not asking for a car that goes down in value from $100,000 to zero, right? You're asking for something that's like it's going to set you up forever and you can pass it on to your family, you know? Um, so I, I think it's got a bad PR problem um, and also, you know, uh, the government and the governing bodies are just, they just, they're not on the side of the industry, you know, and um, and I, I just don't believe that, you know, that's going to change anytime soon, oh, folks. So, and I, and I quote, uh, well, I can't name the person I'm quoting, but it was a minister. Um, are you going to re- repeal some of these draconian laws that don't even apply now that basically the people who cause the problem are no longer in the industry, AKA banks. Yeah. Um, and they flat out said no. So why? Because there's no political pressure to do so. Uh, and they said, well, that's not in the best interests of Australians. And they said, technology will do it. Yeah. It's ludicrous, isn't it? You know, they just technology will do it. It's it's going to be uh, Fenton forecast for the future <laughs> is that that's going to be the great political slogan of whenever they can't fix something, technology will do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, um, Joel reckons he'll come to you one day soon um, when he's uh, when he's ready. He'll be he'll be right there. But hey, folks, little little bit of an interesting story here. Uh, let's have a quick look at uh, the house. This house um, is uh, is on. The market seventeen million dollars or more. We've it's had offers. It'll 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 go unconditional real soon. Is that it's because that's got three car, uh, three garages, Chase? Three garages, Andy. Let's see. Well, there you go. You can park three cars there. That that that's the that's good for the extra ten mil. Hey, folks, listening in, tell me this per this property was purchased. This property was purchased in uh, in nineteen eighty in Noosa Heads. Noosa Heads. Uh, and uh, is expected to sell for $17 million or more. What do you guys reckon? Tell me in the chat. Andy, have a guess because I didn't tell you the answer when I was lining this up. <laughs> what do you reckon these people bought this for in 1980, folks? So what are we, 1980, 90, 20? So we're, 30, we're 32 oh, years later, team. I'm 32 say, years later. Tell me the number. <laughs> I'm going to say 34,000, Jason. <laughs> well, Jeanette uh, reckons a million. The, the Jeanette reckons, yeah. Uh, Je- Jeff, Jeff has read the same article I read. All right, these people bought this for eighty thousand dollars, folks. Eighty thousand dollars in nineteen eighty, uh, and uh, as of today, thirty-two years later, that was a boom year, Jace. Nineteen eighty was a boom year. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they, yeah. Bought, if they yeah. bought it the year before, I would have been bang on the money. It would have been thirty-two thousand. <laughs> Alison reckons someone's like teal. Yeah, it's a bit ugly, isn't it? What's with the round bricks? I don't know what. What are you trying to do? But anyway, there you go. You know, eighty to hundred grand. It was eighty grand, folks. Um, and uh, there you go. So you know, listen, Andy, you and I have talked about this. You know, you know, in the short term. Some of us can get a bit kind of, you know, you know, caught up in, 
you know, the stock market going up, the stock market going down, you know, right now, which I think is the worst thing that's ever happened to real estate personally, is that they bloody produce a monthly report now on the on the property prices going up, which is a bunch of shit. Like there's no way, there's no way that 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 the speed of real estate transactions can be reported in that way. Like it's not like the stock market, but they're trying to. It's it's rubbish. Um, and um, well, it's yeah, it's pockets within pockets. It's like, pockets within pockets within pockets within pockets. kind of like oh, it's crazy, like, right? <laughs> if, if you segregated it out, and and because in the stock market we can. Right, we've got value stocks, we've got growth stocks, we've got uh, mining resource stocks, we've got uh, we've got um, industrials, we've got healthcare. We can segregate all of this stuff out. Um, but the, what they're trying to do is they're trying to play a stock market game in uh, in a in, in, in a the world, the commercial yeah. world, which is yeah. it's more commercial. It's it's more difficult to price commercial world stuff. Yeah, and property is still there because they don't have the data analytics uh, or the the decompartmentalization for a different uh, if I could use that word like if you could chop a state down into different uh, income profiles yeah perhaps and and then rate them perhaps by their um, their desire like seaside versus rural versus inner city versus units like and you create and you start to decompartmentalize that index then then it's actually got some it's Relevant. got some legs, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the stock market has had that legislated for 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 decades. I mean, a, a long time. You know, you you have to declare the income. You have to show this. You have to show that. Like, if you're on the stock market, there has to be you know transparency. But there's no transparency in real estate. You know, like real estate is really like it's a it's a weird old world. There you go, John. John looked it up on RP Data for us. Ninety k, folks. There you go. Nineteen eighty four. <laughs> wow. check, check that out. What, anyway, what was it worth yeah. in 1983, John? <laughs> <laughs> was it worth $30,000 that Andy said? <laughs> mate, I, I actually I was doing some reading the other Thanks, day. Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, thank you, John, mate. The legend. Uh, it's great data coming through. It's like we've got our analysts. We need a, li- we need a show now. analyst. John, can you be our show analyst? That'd be good. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> But it's going to crash. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff's got to join. Who, who else? <laughs> Jeff's got to join uh, uh, Bob tonight. Jeff, you and Bob are together. Um, but well, will it? You know that that's man. I've got so much data, and it, it's it's hard to actually analyze one way or another at the moment uh, to kind of go absolutely one way or or the other with with markets. Uh, Jace, before we jump onto this next point, there I saw an article just recently and I thought, oh, this is beyond my pay grade. But uh, it was saying that they're going to press to have all auction results publicly uh, publicly listed or that no, no, we know you were joking, Jeff. It's it's all good. I, I was just joking back. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff's Jeff, sort of our positive. Jeff. <laughs> our, our positive guys. Um, you don't you don't have to join Bob now, Jeff. It's okay. <laughs> Bob, and we love you too, Bob. We we love it. We know you're joking. I hope. Um, but uh, so they were saying that the that they're making a push to make all real estate sales. Uh, publicly available information. So if you buy a mega mansion, Jace, yeah, uh, and uh, and you decide to you, you want to try and keep it quiet, you can't. 
just like if you go and buy BHP and you buy, you know, a million bucks of BHP, you buy it at whatever price it, it is there. Yeah. Um, what, what's behind that? Is is there any legs in it? It's an interesting one. Like the real estate industry is is very um, is very disjointed because it's state based, right? Where the stock market is national. So, I yeah, I think it would be hard to pass that type of legislation, um, but it could get pushed through. You never know. Um, and um, you know, stamp duty is state based. Land taxes state based. <clears throat> reporting. On you know, uh, ownership is state based. It's uh, oh, I think that's fucking archaic to be honest. But you know, it it needs to be it needs to be national based. And Andy, that could probably happen. That'd Jeez, be my that call. Be, wouldn't that be a great intend unintended consequence if they did pass that legislation to to make it visible? Because all of a sudden you go, well, why would I buy and sell in this state as opposed to this because of the duty difference, mate? Every then- day of the week, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I, it's ludicrous if you think about it. Like, you know, I, I'm a big property fan. You, you you know, everyone knows. But I think Australia's obsession, the government's obsession, the state's obsession with with income from real estate is is disgusting. Disgusting. It is. It weakens our country. Like it. It actually makes us weak and stupid. You know. Like we need to be better than than what we are. You know. And, you know, they need to get off that gear, right? They're addicted to, you know, property as their income stream, you know. And it's like, listen, folks, you can't have it. It's stupid. It makes it expensive for first-home buyers. It, it, it exacerbates price issues. Like it just causes all sorts of grief. And then they want to, then they want to Andy the old bait and switch. Oh, let's blame property investors. Oh, let's blame the investor from China. No. Let's blame the stupid politicians who can't come up with some ideas to create some income in another place, which is better for the country. For crying out loud! Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's 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 short term. It's short termism at its best. Yeah, hundred percent. And short term solutions have short term value. Um, yeah, yeah. But long term consequences. Yeah. And and quite often you the long term consequences are never thought of. Uh, you know. Classic example, long-term. Well, they long-term only bloody get elected for four years, Andy. You know, well, that's the problem with our And then they system. get re-elected. Well, Dan, the man probably will get re-elected down here in Victoria. He locked <laughs> us up for two years. We said we weren't going to talk about politics. I don't think we fucking stopped on the Well, I'll stop just after this. Like, he locked us up for two years. So for those of you who are in other parts of the world, uh, hopefully you're fit and well. But the Victorians uh, and maybe the Sydney side is what we're finding now is that we're, we're allowed out. An unintended consequence of locking people up for two years means that we're not in proximity. We don't have immune systems. So now this small to medium businesses are hemorrhaging in around, I know, in Victoria and to a degree in New South Wales. Because people's immune systems are not ready to reintegrate with each other because they've been locked up. So this is the unintended consequence goes down to productivity of business over the next two years. Next two years. That's a Fenton yeah. forecast. Uh, Fenton's Fenton putting theory. it out there. Yep. Yeah, you heard um, it here first, folks. Productivity, <laughs> and they're going to bitch and moan about productivity diving for all different reasons and and rationales. But my tip is one of the number one reasons is going to be resources, and that's because the resources are getting sick because they've been locked up for two years. Wow! Um, and we're Mate. seeing it. I'm not. 
I speak with 20, 20 plus business owners a week uh, and Jeepers Creepers, this is is something that we're seeing uh, yeah. in droves at yeah. the moment. And yeah. if you're a Victorian, shout out. If you're, if you're sick, there's probably a one in, one in four chance that if you're watching from Victoria, you've probably got a lurgy of some sort right yeah, now. <laughs> well, Harry reckons, you know, we don't talk politics here, but next minute. Um, <laughs> that's it. I'm off my I'm off my soapbox, guys. So I'm, I'm back down in the real world. Tell right, me about right. mortgage repayments. Well, well, John, our producer, our, our technical producer, and our fact fact. Thanks, John. Um, last sold in 2016 for two, and that's still a pretty good deal, right? You bought it for uh, you know you bought it for what was it a 90k in uh, 1984. A few years later, it's worth a Pretty good chunk. Andy. Jesus. What, John, what do you call a few years, mate? You're not that old. <laughs> well, all right, all right. Well, well, I'm trying to make a point here. 2016 to 2022 from from 2.5 million to 17 million. Crazy. Right, what? Huge. You know, yeah. anyway, they, there's some weird shit going on right there. But anyway, um, that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I Even though I'm a property guy, I still like, who would do that? But anyway. You know, they're not making any more oceanfront land. Uh, and, you know, it depends well, on who you listen to. You probably don't want to buy it. I might disagree with you on a few fronts there, Jason. There, there, there might be a few more. Well, buy, buy five kilometres away anyway. But <laughs> there you go. Hey, but listen, um, let's change gears. You know, there's talk about interest rates everywhere, right? In America, in Australia, blah, 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 blah. You know, Powell was, uh, Powell was on. Uh, uh, Powell just did a release. The the Fed chairman did a release yeah. uh, forecasting to the American market of a, a fifty basis point. I love it, right? Because if you said, "What do you reckon's more provocative?" and I'd love for you guys to to type it in. What do you think sounds bigger, half a percent or fifty basis points? Mm. I, I love. I love. <laughs> it. Just put fifty. Or one slash two uh, for whichever you think sounds more aggressive. You know, uh, if you're reading percent. something and you're uneducated, or you're just kind of like, "Oh, that sounds a lot." Mate, I love 50. it. They, yeah, it, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I love it because um, they, uh, they 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 put it, it quote. He said, uh, yeah. "You know, we'll drop it by. Uh, it might rise by half a percent." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. There we go. Fifty thousand. <laughs> so, in every publication I saw it, uh, it was a fifty basis point rise. Fifty and basis points. Nine times out of ten, you know what? When you say fifty basis point rise, you, do you know what people's normal response is, Jace? Oh my God, fifty basis points! And you go, Yeah. Do you know what that means? And they're like, Nah. Well, no. <laughs> What's fifty basis point? And you go, Well, it's half a percent because it's. Yeah. And, and, and they go, Ah. Oh. That's not so, that much. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's not, but it is almost uh, you know four hundred percent increase from where it is. Probably the largest increase. Oh, Andy, there record. you go. There's the headline: four hundred percent increase. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the thing with this sort of stuff, folks. You know, um, you know. <laughs> It's it's all about this perspective, and you know, you and I have talked about this, uh, you know, ad nauseum, Andy, about the the media. They need to get clicks. You know, if you don't look at their articles, no one's win. That no one's 
no one's winning at the newspaper. So they write those things in the way they need to, you know what I mean? And um, that's what fine. I'll just put it up for one second. Brace yourself for interest rate hikes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and uh, what does that mean? What does it look like, folks? Uh, you know, a couple of quick charts here. You know, there's a few dollars coming people's ways. Andy, this is a PNI. I thought I had the interest-only table downloaded, but I must have um, used the same one twice. But, folks, you know, if uh, if you're out there and you're an owner-occupier, yeah, absolutely. I'll delete that one and we'll just make this one a bit bigger. Um, you know, there, there could be some things you need to sort of lock away, you know, depending on your mortgage, you know, you know, a $600,000 mortgage, $2,000 to, you know, $2,000, you know, $600 increase. Now, when you say, because <clears throat> this is the thing, Andy, this is the thing, right? People go, all right, my if my interest rate went from 2% to 4%, like, like just look at this, folks. Like, this is the stuff that, that, that you know, people don't get. It's like, oh, my interest rate doubled, right? Where you go, oh, that must mean my payment doubled. No, no, that's not how it works. Like, look at that team. Like, it's like $500. So, the, and Andy, you set it up perfectly. It's the conversation. It's this kind of fear and ignorance and stupidity that the media so want to portray. That, that looks like a 100% increase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know we laugh but you know and that unfortunately the 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 the, the yeah, it's fake news dead right Kylie right? Dead, dead right. it's just complete fake news it's just bullshit it's like come on you guys like it's going up six hundred dollars if it gets to four percent if it gets to four percent right so you know and if it does folks it's still it's still well under, it's 25% under the long-term 20-year average of interest rates. You know, like it's just still cheap money. It's like, you know, we we, we, we have short memories, unfortunately, um, no matter which way you slice things. Actually, fortunately, because that's why we reproduce. If we didn't have short <laughs> memories, we wouldn't have children. I think there's oxytocin <laughs> that might have a bit of a role to play in that one. But, uh, <laughs> the old oxytocin gets in there. Yeah, there you go. But, folks, you know, listen, if you're an owner-occupier, you've got to budget that in, Andy. Um, 100%. You know, and that's You know, you and I talk about this all the time. You know, proper money management is sort of having buffers and, and um, war chests in place and, you know, understanding that there's things that, that happen that you can't control. And th this is where where the pockets that we were talking about before, and and I don't know anything about real estate. Pers well, I know a bit about real estate now. I've been hanging around Jason long <laughs> enough. But um, I do know about uh, personal finance and where, where people overextend themselves then they will get distressed and you will end up with distressed sales. Yep. Um, and it's distressed sales, I'm assuming, really, that really have big – when there's on mass, uh, they can have big impacts in pockets of, of real estate. And the same thing happens in, in, um, in finance. It's just a slightly different uh, way. Yep. But if you are living on the knife's edge, which none of my clients do, I can tell you that absolutely right now um, – Probably some live on the knife's edge of risk at times, but that's not where I put them either. That's that's self 
So that's a self self-imposed them. <laughs> and geez, they've done well. I tell you what, they've been absolutely going ballistic. I'm like, geez, you take a hell of a lot more risk than what I will, but it pays off uh, sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. if you're living on the edge of a, a knife or the razor's edge on your principal place of residence, then this is scary. It's scary stuff. But if you're investing in the right areas and you're you're planning for this, all, all I've been seeing in the press recently, Jace, is uh, and, and and I've had that many clients ring up recently. Go, could you please change the forecasting because I've just raised my interest. I've just raised my rents. I've just raised hey, my rents. I've just raised my rents. I've had so many people call and say it's underway, Andy, mate. And, and I've been saying it for over a year and a half. Like I'm, I've, I've been saying, folks, we are in the middle of a rental crisis. We've got a supply issue, you know, and eventually, eventually, you know, um, <laughs> these people. <laughs> well, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff's doing some, um, you know, uh, <laughs> well, good work, Jeff. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> there you go. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, there you go. But listen, you know, at the end of the day, folks, our vacancy rate, so you know, the number of vacant properties available for rent is at the lowest we have seen for decades, decades. Our supply chain is broken. Like I would even go as far as to be dramatic and call it destroyed, right? Well, is, is that because of property investors, Jace? Mate, you know, it's um, – <laughs> well, maybe – Maybe you know, yeah. Right, well, uh, well, that's going to be that's that's another Fenton forecast for what the politicians will be saying in two years' time yeah. when, when this really comes home to roost. Yeah, there you go. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, like I, what I say to anyone who so, says those sorts of things is go out and go and try and rent a house next week. Go and rent, go, like go and stand in line. Go and stand at an open home. And and you know, we manage properties in Brisbane. You know. Um, Newcastle and Melbourne, go and stand in an open home and be there, you know, where there's 45 people lined up around the block and they're offering, you know, $100 more than the asking price before they've even gone into the house. Folks, you know, this is the concept that's going on. We've got vacancy rates. We've got annual changes in rents. You look at that, you know, vacancy rates is the lowest and rent changes, increases. Now, you know, in 2022, 16% up. You know, um, rental crisis is just beginning. Sydney's in all sorts. Worst is yet to come. Blah 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 blah. It's all happening, team. You know, and it takes time to flow through into the marketplace. And uh, there's early warning signs. And we, you, you can, if you if you're actually paying attention, you can see it six to twelve, even eighteen months away in this real estate game. That is for sure. That is for sure. So. You know, um, quick apology to Joe if uh, the language is a little bit harsh. Um, sometimes we all get a bit excited, Joe, so uh, appreciate you giving us a shout-out, mate. Um, but again, Andy, what we have also not only is, you know, there's nothing to rent. There's, there's you know, and, and people have made wealth in the last two years. Why would they sell their properties? You know, they, they don't want to pay capital gains tax. You know, they, they're probably not ready. Um, hey, the rents are going to go up. I'm happy, like like you're saying, your clients are going, hey, listen, my rent's gone up, you know. Um, but the big story right now is that we've had a, you know, a, uh, a net immigration challenge and it's very, 
simple to understand why COVID, right? But if you have a look at the trajectory of like a decade of government policy, they were saying, um, um, you know, listen, the idea of over, you know, the last 10 years the government has locked in on, hey, we have had a declining natural population because we haven't been able to reproduce enough. Um, we need to get enough people in the country and we've had, got an ageing population, Andy, as well. You know, we need people in the country. Like, check this out, team. Check this out, folk. We have a record, record high. A record highs. <laughs> <laughs> record high. We really record. need some sort of a sound jingle for it, don't we? Uh, it could be this one. Record <laughs> high. Yeah, there we go. Um, we go. We go. What is it? We got a record high. <laughs> a record high, folks. You know, four hundred and twenty-three thousand job vacancies, Andy. Like, you know, in the in the three months of February, we're crying out for people into the country. We need more people, you know. And you know, mining's kicking off again. WA is getting a little run on, and all sorts of stuff. Both you and I, Andy, we're looking for great people. You know, financial Always. planning. You know, in the world of real estate broking, property management. Um. Um. Investment coaching, like I'm, like I've, I've got job ads out. I've got ten job ads out right now, you know. Um, so that's what's going on, team. And then, you know, which is awesome, you know, uh, for the economy, it's great. You know, for the first time in a while, you know, yep, let Jeanette's looking for, you know, Jeanette's looking for workers, you know, well, you know. You know, let, Joel's let, for workers. You know, let me give let me give a little bit of a shout out for Jeanette, and I'm going to jump on a soapbox again. But it's it's bloody hard to find workers when the government pay people to stay at home. That's uh, <laughs> it's true. It's bloody no, true. Get COVID, stay yeah. home for a week. Hell, yeah. take a month, take half a year for all I care. We're just the government, so you got you just stay at home and just just chill out, and uh, we'll pay you to do that. <laughs> uh, and uh, look, record unemployment on the other side. It's like, listen, guys. Come on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jeanette's with you, mate. Um, but, you know, here's the drill, you know, for all of us. Uh, hopefully, Andy, this comes to fruition. Now, mate, it's, for, not a, it's a guarantee. It's, it's going to come to fruition. Here's what's happening, team. We've got a backlog of um, overseas migration. It's locked and loaded. The government said, yep, let's open the open the doors. Um Here's what they've said. They said, "Listen, you know, we're um, happy to increase the cap from 160 to 220. Um, you know, let's let's see how we go, team. That's going to mean, you know, we've got a million jobs coming in the next, let's say, five years. We need to fill those. Like, we're not having enough people. There's not enough 18 year olds, you know, entering the workforce. And you, and like Andy, you and I aren't like employing an 18 year old. Like, like you know, like." Straight out of wherever, it we, we need skilled labour, and the government has to do it. So my point is this, team. You know, this I'm is already going thinking to, about putting five people on a plane. Oh, it, it's it's um, and and um, yes, certainly, John. Like it's immigration keeps wages down. It, it, it certainly has in the past. Um, unfortunately, there's this kind of gap we have to fill. Um, we definitely need to be skilling up our kids. I'm a big fan of that. 
I believe the government is not doing enough for business. Andy and I talk about this all the time. Not doing enough for business, not doing enough for our young people um, and their careers and the, and the people that are that are here. You know, again, they're, they're being lazy, but on the and flip side, it's going to happen. You know, I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump in on John's comment there. Immigration raises the average affluent income. Right, so yes, it'll it by standard it'll keep it down. So there's a couple of things that we need to know, and I'm not being, uh, well, I'm just going to say it. But you know, however it comes, it, it's actually statistically significant. So it's the reality. Uh, there is a, a part of no fault. <laughs> God love him. Um, there is. Uh, like the like the unemployment rate, the the four percent barrier is one where they say that four percent it doesn't really get much below four percent because there is a part of the population that is not able to uh, yeah. work yeah. due to injury or capacity or doesn't want to work and never will work no matter whether you have a gun to their head or not. Now, um, skilled migration policies have actually been shown to increase the average affluent wage and what it went so at, or what was called the average uh, skilled wage uh, over over periods of time because w- what they uh, but over time and I think Jace we had um, statist- some statistics that we went through recently here where we showed if you judge something over three years it looked uh, amazing judge it over seven looked terrible yeah and so yeah. but what happens with with skilled people coming into the uh, arena of, of technology, right? Ten-year curve of technology in Australia now is going off the charts. Now it's rising, but it's taken 10 years for that to happen. Um, yeah. Same sorts of things in medical industries, right, as, as we get people because you've got to reach a critical of mass and economy of scale as a business or as a sector in order to be able to then pump the money back and increase the average wage, but it takes five or 10 years or 15 years, sometimes 20 years. Takes a cycle. You're dead right. Takes five, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, done right. Um, And 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 unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, to speak to your point, maybe, uh, you know, a little bit to John's as well and others, like we just don't have the people. Like we just can't wait. We can't wait, Andy. Like how long are we going to have to wait? Five years, 10 years? You know, people aren't reproducing. Like <laughs> it's like the natural population's going down. The the the, the population's getting older. Uh, unfortunately, this should have been discussed twenty or thirty years ago, and and other things should have been dealt with. We're now dealing with poor and weak policy from a long time ago, where you know it wasn't it wasn't you know we we're brain drained. We don't pay our we don't pay people in Australia enough. They go overseas. You know. Um, our industry is not attractive enough because there's not enough ad- uh, career advancement. They leave the country. You know, it's there's lots of things. Um, uh, you know, I'm not an expert in in fixing it, but you know, there's there's these there's these things. What we do but know, there's, there's, um, there's a lot a lot of um, uh, uh, behavioural economics uh, papers that that talk to exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, is where you, they reach a critical mass. They have enough investment into them then they can instead of having people leap job yeah is what they call it these days leap job um leave and get paid more somewhere else which doesn't fix the problem of the country doesn't no, fix the it just weakens the, the country in the end you know absolutely yep. right yep. but if they invest in then they they provide the opportunity for the 
industries to mature. And case in point, have a look at the mining industry. Yeah, yeah, dead right. I, I agree with you, Alison. If they didn't reduce your lending, guys, you'd have a few more. You know, there's this gap between, you know, ages one to 18. When they're 18 and older, just, just um, if you want more children, um, adopt them at age 19. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Shelly. Exactly right, mate, you know, at the end of the day. But this is an interesting one, Andy. You know, it's, it's, it's a conversation. There is, there's 600 to a million people, 600 to a million people. So, team, 600,000 to a million people going to arrive in this country within the next five to six years. That's what's coming, right? And just from a real estate point of view and a business point of view, Andy, like this is going to be a real interesting time. You know, what's going to happen? What opportunities are going to arise um, with, you know, this stuff um, going on, right? Um, we can't stop it right now. Uh, it's going to happen. We, we need more people for more jobs and more stuff. It's arriving. It's, it's underway. All of us as property investors and, and business owners, how can we be in position? What can we do to take advantage of that? that that's kind of probably the, the point really at the end of the day to think about that because it's coming. It's coming right now. It hasn't arrived yet, but it's on its way. And it's it's like the it, it's the slow. Oh, it's probably a bad analogy to use water at the moment, given what's been going on. But the way that I used to describe this transition is that if you have if you have a, a board, right? Uh, you remember when you when you were a kid and you used to make the mountain range, ranges out of paper mache? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make them on a little board, and then you'd pour water into them, and you'd see where the water would then go and settle in between the mountain paper mache mountains that you made. So. What this is is that maybe the, the world is getting a little bit dry at the moment because a lot of money is actually locked up in in this intergenerational wealth transfer. And they're not going to do a lot until they're not here anymore, or very few of them do. That that That's what happens, right? There's it's some other interesting stats on that one, Andy, isn't there? You know? and, yeah. and then they're released. Yeah. Now, this is like, if you have a look at it, literally it's a 20-year, it's an emptying of the bucket over 20 years. Now, some people might say that this is, long, this is a long period of time. It's not. Let, let me tell you one thing. One thing is absolutely for sure. Building wealth is a 20-year game. Politics is a 20-year game. Yeah. Or longer. Yeah. All the things that we look at in short term, we should be looking at at 10 and 20 years, uh, and we should have measurements over time to get there. But ultimately, 20 years is not a very long time. And uh, you, you live most of your life up to the age of 20 and then you think you know everything and then it takes you to 40 <laughs> until you realise that you knew nothing at 20. Really, and yeah. <laughs> and then you get about trying to learn something by the age of 60. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the game of life, right? Uh, but to put this into context, there's 50% there that's going to get poured in over the next 20 years. And that, yeah. that's significant. Uh, yeah. And that transfer is going to make some big differences as it, as it flows through. Yeah, 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 and there's, man, there's, there's so many, you know, statistical conversations to be had around the transfer from baby boomers. Um, uh, there's 65 percent of the Australian population who own businesses, business owners, are over the age of 55 right now. So in the next 10 years, they're going to transition to retirement. So there's some really like 55 percent. Yep, yep. What, what was Stolte's? Uh, number of 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 what the the population of australia was who was business owners it was like was it 
it was low. It was yeah, really, really low. Not a lot. No, yeah. it was like five, five to fifteen percent somewhere in, and and I know that's a big range, but I yeah. just can't remember it. So I'd, I'd prefer to go high and low. But um, so if you go that, so that 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 ultimately halves that number, which is already low, which is the largest taxpayer in Australia, mate. Yeah. So there's some crazy, there's some crazy stats floating around. Um, but uh, I think I might chuck this one out there here to finish, maybe a little perspective conversation, Andy. Let's do it. Um, so, folks, anyone heard this before? You know, one percent of the 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 world owns or runs, you know, a large portion of the world's wealth. You know, um, uh, I've subscribed to a a cool data provider, and and they they just produced and provided this chart. One percent of the global population controls and owns 45.8% of the global wealth the world's wealth uh, anyone anyone heard heard see heard or seen this um you know when it's kind of like a conspiracy theory and all oh, the rich people are all controlling the wealth tell me team tell me folks what do you think you know what is the world's wealth to be in the 1% of the global population that controls 45% of the world's wealth how much dollar value, net wealth, the net wealth do you need to own? Is it a is it 10 million? Is it 50 million? Is it 1 million? Is it a hundred million? What is it, folks? What's the number? What's the number? What do you guys think? Chuck it in the chat for me. Um, because this is a really interesting interesting stat. The whole world. Is it what what's the value? Like is if you're in the top one percent of wealthy people in the world. Yeah, there you go. Look at this team, Bob. I knew somebody was going to throw that out, but yeah, Joel's on the money, Jeanette's on the money. There you go. It's a million and over, right? A million and over. Andy, the average Australian accidentally bought a property like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and has kept it. Um, (laughs) it's there. Right, so uh, and I just I like I like perspective, team. You know, sometimes we get caught up in the kind of the conspiracy oh, theories of the world, yeah. right? You know, if you own more than a million dollars worth of wealth, if you've got million dollars worth of wealth, you're actually in the one percent of the global population who control forty five percent of the wealth of the whole world. Th- th- that's all, Allison. You know, like yeah, woohoo! You're in the one percenters, mate. You know, and I, I really like putting stuff in perspective sometimes because we think, oh wow, you know, it's it's a hundred million, it's fifty million, it's a it's a billion, it's a trillion because you know Elon Musk is worth gazillion trillion billion dollars or whatever. It's not team. It's not you know. Um, and um, there you go, Jeff. You're there. Yeah, and and this sometimes it's kind of like puts life in perspective, right? We are in the 1% of the world. Folks, wow. We're 2% of the population uh, or 2, yeah. 2.2% of GDP, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, we, we're, we're pretty privileged to be here. And there I think it's go. Gary V said it or maybe it was uh, Ricky Gervais. I'm not quite sure. We're, we're, <laughs> we've got like one in some seven trillion chance of ever uh, ever surviving we're, we're, or one in seven trillion chance of actually being here on the on the planet and actually surviving as a human being yeah um and then of that one in seven trillion 
uh, we're in the top 1.1% of 8 billion, uh, which is pretty, pretty incredible. There you go. There you go. So I thought that might be a nice way to sort of give it uh, was, a little a little wind up. Harry reckons, watch out, we might get uh, shut down by the... the, <laughs> the what, is, what does that mean? I don't get it. <laughs> the fact checkers. Uh, who knows? It could be the cancelling culture. Or who, who knows what that is, but Harry? Oh, yes, Harry, they're, they're going to shut us up, aren't they? Yes, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the social censoring, Jason. Where, where, I'll tell you what, if they did social censoring, then none of the television stations would have any Facebook channels, would they? <laughs> Uh, well, there you go, mate. Well, listen, folks, plenty there. Andy, there's still stuff to talk about. We didn't even oh, get man. there and we didn't even get to people's questions. But um, time went, well, I had fun, folks. Anyway, um, hopefully you guys did. A <laughs> uh, big shout out to uh, to John, our incredible fact checker out there, John Hawkins. It's uh, incredible. I'll, I'll, I'll concede to you that... Uh, that, uh, that absolutely, I just I think that sometimes we need to put things in different perspectives. But uh, I'll concede that yes, uh, you're right. At, at the end of the day, uh, Alison, yes, there is a new world order. Uh, but appreciate everybody uh, dropping the chats in. It was it was really good fun actually interacting with everyone tonight. Yeah, good to hang out with all of you guys. Thanks for being here tonight, folks. Good to catch up with you again, mate. Been missing you a couple of weeks, you know. Went without my Friday fix. It was just, oh, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's it, folks. Well, uh, I think we'll call it quits. I think it's a good night from him. And it's a good night from me. Good night, everyone. Have a great weekend. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.